It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast with our friend John Owning. Landon, what's going on, sir? I'm excited. This is our first of these game rewatch pods. So uh, we, we've got all these lined up. We're going to have some guests. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a fun, interesting way to kind of go back over what happened during the regular season. So I'm, I'm excited to get started. Yeah, so coming up on today's show, we're going to review the Cowboys' week one game against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we both watched this game over the weekend, and man, there's a lot of stuff that you end up forgetting yeah. about and plays, and I mean, whole sections uh, of the game that I kind of just forgot about. So this is going to be fascinating. Um, let's go ahead and jump into the, you know, the kind of the storylines before the game. Uh, Lynn, what was the biggest, you know, storyline for you coming into the 2018 season and even coming into this week against the Panthers well yeah the interesting thing is that you know before each one of these we're going to kind of provide some pre-game context because I think that that's important in just kind of getting an idea of where our headspaces are and I think it's interesting to kind of go back and look at how we felt before we entered the game and how the game changed about how we the how we felt uh, but because this is the, the week one game you know all the pre a lot. yeah well all the pregame stuff all all the context is is not just you know, pregame contest. It's also the ending of the preseason and, and sorting out of the roster and 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 you know, actually defining what the team is. And it's so funny because the one thing I think that I looked learned looking back and doing some research on this is that man, the the season, the preseason ends, and it it's and you are on to the regular season. Like there is, oh yeah, like it's yeah. so fast. And there's like, in fact, it's really just kind of a. That last week of the preseason is really just kind of a transition week, to be honest. I mean, just just like a, a a sort of way to kind of get them into the swing of things. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would say obviously the biggest news coming into this game 
uh, where you know this, specifically the the top title being the cut down to fifty three and and what the roster actually ended up looking like, uh, and then some of the sub subcategories of that, which would be uh, you know Dan Bailey being cut uh, and then Brett Maher mm. being the kick. I mean, if you remember at the time that that happened, we were shocked. I mean, I mean, I, I think it was. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think people, lots of people who follow the team, you know, pretty closely were scrambling to even look up who the other kicker was, you know, because we had just... Well, uh, we didn't even think it was a competition. No, we didn't, we didn't it know it was a competition. Right? Yeah, we had no idea that it was a competition. I mean, I spent all those days at, at training camp, and, and you know, he would kick a lot after practice or, at, you know, between sessions or however you want to phrase that. But I didn't realize that what I was watching was not just a guy, you know, practicing his kicks, but actually a, a guy who was maybe doing some extra tryout for his, for a job. But so yeah, right. I think it's it's it it was a surprise to pretty much everyone, from what I understand. I mean, I just don't remember there being even a hint, very much of a hint of this before uh, it, it came down. Well, the other thing is is uh, Bailey was not only a team captain, but he was also the player rep for the Cowboys. So when they cut Bailey, they lost, you know, one of the veteran leaders on the team. And unfortunately, uh, the week one game for Mar really didn't silence any of the people that, you know, kind of doubted the move. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, I remember that being a big storyline going into week one. And then obviously the other big storyline is Travis Frederick. I mean, we kind of had just been dealing with what the reality of what Travis Frederick's situation was going to be. It was clear by this point, that he wasn't going to be playing at least initially the first week, uh, and, and we, we had no idea. We had I mean, no we idea. Actually, I remember that. talking yeah. about. We had no idea how long have he he'd be gone. Yeah, we, at that point, we had zero idea. Uh, so I, I think those two things, um, you know, really kind of threw a lot of of unknown into the into the uh, into the mix. Um, and you know, and I think that kind of bled into general concerns that uh, you know that the team did not get a lot of opportunity to work. Specifically, the offense did not get a lot of opportunity for the starters to work together. And uh, I, I think this is a this is a big storyline because uh, you know I, I think. Beyond that, beyond the, that fact, they did not get a lot of time to work together. They, on top of that, required and needed a lot of work to all work mm. together because you know they had a new center because they didn't have a defined number one wide receiver. So they were trying out, kind of shuttling in guys. I think at the very least that needed extra reps in the preseason, not less than normal reps. Uh, well, let me also add this in. Uh, remember, in the week three preseason game against the Bengals, that's when Zach Martin hurt his MCL. Yeah. And that was an injury that kind of lingered all season long. But we weren't even sure, uh, we weren't 100% sure that Zach Martin was gonna, even going to play in that's week right. one because uh, he, he missed all that practice time. I don't even think he pra- practiced the week of the game. So between Frederick, uh, Zach Martin, a new left guard, and Connor Williams, Things were looking pretty dicey on the offensive line. Yeah, I, I think the, the overall the thought process just ended up being a lot of unknown with the offense, just because you know, we didn't, weren't sure what the offensive line was going to look like because we didn't have any offensive linemen. They didn't get an opportunity to really get you know a lot of practice with, with each other with bullets flying, and I think that 
we'll talk about that in the game part of it, which it does reflect. Uh, I think all those things were the major, major storylines going into the week. And then right before kickoff, uh, they we got word that uh, Randy Gregory was potentially going to be in more trouble with, uh, you know, for having to miss time or not being. I can't even remember how he phrased it crappily so that we all were scared. But it was something to the extent of, you know, Randy Gregory was not at, at practice the other day and, you know, whatever. Long story short, it ended up that they were reporting on a, a uh, you know, a scheduled meeting with uh, Randy and his doctors, and they phrased it in such a way that everyone was freaking out before the game. Well, I, I, I got the link right here. Go for it. Uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN said, Randy Gregory suffered a relapse in August and might face discipline from the NFL. That's the way it was worded to us. Like, he... You know, he he failed another drug test, and he was going to be gone forever. That I mean, that's this was this was happening about two hours before kickoff, and that was that was the story for the game for the Cowboys. Yeah, and so that was BS, and uh, <laughs> and uh, so just you know keep that in mind for all future Adam Schefter pregame uh, yes. uh, tweets. Uh, so th- th- that was all the the you know the 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 lay- layout the landscape. Of of cowboy of Cowboys Nation at that point as we go into the, the Week One game in Carolina, uh, I just want to point out some tweets that uh, you and I had because this is going to be another <laughs> fun thing that we can do. I didn't have anything nearly as fun as I thought I was going to going to, but uh, I, I'm sure I do in some of these other weeks for sure. Um, uh, first one is uh, uh, Marcus. You tweeted. Uh, I have I have doubt that they lose to Carolina last night. Uh, football is officially back. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had a dream that they lost to Carolina last night. Football is officially right. back, and and that's you know I mean that you're dreaming about the Cowboys losing. Color me shocked. Uh, and I put it, <laughs> it's this, this isn't a, a, not a positive dream. It was like a nightmare. You know? Yeah, you, you okay. Just, you probably should include nightmare in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I quote tweeted that and said, "Noted Cowboys fan often dreams about the Cowboys losing." <laughs> And, hey, and Marcus may, said that's certainly what Maybe my dream should have told you guys something. Hey, hey, maybe hey, maybe, maybe nightmare and neither nightmare and dream is the word that you're looking for. Maybe premonition is the word that you should have there used. You go. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I think maybe that's what would have been more appropriate. Uh after that I, I also said uh I see a lot of power rankings, et cetera, underestimating Dallas. Even the biggest under uh, homer has to understand this. There is a lot of young, emerging un- and unproven talent on this D, and this offense's greatest weapon, who I think we aren't talking about did enough, didn't play in the preseason. We haven't seen the passing offense unfurled yet. There's a lot, just a lot of ton, a ton of unknown on this team. While prognostications don't particularly, who prognostications don't particularly love, but the other side of that unknown is the immense amount of potential this team has. The defense combined with Zeke has a chance to be a potent combination. But again, no one has really seen any of it yet. Maybe a few saw a glimpse at training camp, but this week will be the first time we've seen it fully rolled out. Mm. And the unfortunate part is that. That last sentence, most of what I wrote there, I f- kind of look back with and agree with still, except for that I last sen- yep. except for that last sentence, because <laughs> we didn't get to see it unfolded. That was really the problem. Is that it? It was. I think even we, or especially I'll just speak for myself. Even for myself, who was worried about the lack of of work together, you know, the time together with this new group. Uh, uh, was left surprised just with how completely out of sync this team was. I would say early in this game, but really throughout this game. 
Um, See, I, I I'm not surprised anymore when they come out to start the season that way because now we've seen basically three, actually four straight seasons with this offensive line. It takes them a couple weeks before they really you know get into gear. So, it, you know, I, I wasn't surprised that this offense looked clunky in the first couple weeks of the season. I, I'm not surprised that they didn't have success uh, because of all the adversity we we're talking about, the injuries and the lack of playing time and all that. But I, I'm surprised that it. I mean, even simple things seemed out of sync. You know, like stuff that, I like you know, like yeah. you know, bees throws to Beasley on slants and just timing of stuff just looked off. So I, I feel like it wasn't just a matter of that normal sort of getting this offensive line going. It felt like the things that kind of normally start in sync were also out of sync as well. So uh, the la- I think that's fair. Last tweet. Um, oh no, two two tweets. You reacting to Dan Bailey getting cut with the big whoa, which is I thought was appropriate. Uh, and then uh, someone tweeting at you, uh, Dallas record, and you replying, "I said seven and nine in the last episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast." So, uh, but look at the ratio on that tweet, though. No, got, yeah, you got, you got, you got, you got, you got, you got ratioed. So, uh, <laughs> so that's that's fair. But but at the same time, you know, looking back now, um, it, it's it's surprising how we felt. Uh, I think the thing that surprised me is that we felt so confident in how we felt about this team. You know, whether you felt they were good or bad or whatever, you, you had your take about this team, right? And then, sure. then the last week before the before the regular season comes in and like takes a fire to that because all these things change that you expected that you know suddenly right. you got an ex- right. extra injured guy you got extra, two extra injured guys on the offensive line you got a completely different kicker and now you're like what the hell is this team so I thought that was just kind of interesting how much the rug was taken out from under us just right before we were about to really find out what this team was about. Well, I, I just think that the expectations were so low with this team. I mean, not only were they entering the season without Des Bryant, they had no Jason Witten, now no Travis Frederick. Uh, I mean, they were kind of adjusting to a new defense with Chris Richard. We just really didn't know what to expect, and we kind of thought it was going to be a little bit of a transition year, um, and it proved to be much more than that. So uh, it was a, it, it was an interesting offseason for sure. Absolutely. Um all right, let's let's get into the uh, the first half. So just just to get the structure down, with we we do two podcasts for each show for each game. Uh, one that's going to do the pregame context like we just did, and then uh, also it'll end with the first half, and then the second show we pick up on the second half. Uh, we talk about what happened, and then we'll talk about what the fallout from the game was a- after that. So uh, let's get into uh, the first half. So the the Cowboys. You know, start very inauspiciously. I mean, unsurprisingly, it, it seemed to be a trend this year of them losing the the uh, the the coin toss. Uh, coin toss, yeah, yeah, and then uh, the other team deferring them getting the ball back uh, up front and uh, you know kind of struggling uh, up front. I mean, this this whole offensive game was just a slog to watch. I mean, it was just it was a mess. It was a mess, you know, and. Uh, I think there were times when they were doing good things even early, uh, but because of it, you know penalties and, and and that sort of thing, things were getting completely off track. No matter what drive, you know the first drive we talked about stalls due due to an illegal block in the back penalty uh, on seventy seven. It was basically just like a little tunnel screen out to Tavon Austin, uh, and right. and and he it looked like 
like Smith was just a tad, a tick late out there. And then when the guy kind of ducked underneath his block, I mean, Smith saw only his back. I have no idea why he, why he blocked him. I guess the idea was that he thought he could get away with it, but I mean, he was looking just in his back. He blocks him in the back. They get that penalty. And, and, you know, again, because of that, they turn a, what was a nine yard gain on second and 10 into a 10 yard loss. And now it's, you know, second and 20, Instead of you know third and one, and and I think right, and it goes from second and twenty one, and they they run Zeke at a shotgun, get no yards. Then it's third and twenty one, they get a delay of game penalty. Mm-hmm. Now it's third and twenty six from their nine yard line, and Dallas is just trying to to get some run some some room for their punter. So not a great drive to start the season off. No, not, not one that you want to to put in the in the teach tape or anything like that. And and just to put things in as far as like how things were just snowballing against them overall, this was their best starting position for the entire half. Uh, the, the twenty, the twenty-five, you know, the the the, the handed out oh, for, for for handed out for touchbacks, twenty-five yard line. You know, they 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 were ne- never able. At, I mean, we'll talk about this later. They never crossed the fifty-yard line in, in in the first half, and and a lot well, and a lot of it is a combination of bad play and these uh, this field position. And I was going to say they had six drives in the first half, and four of them failed to gain any yards. Three of them lost yardage. Yeah, it's. I mean, that, that's how bad their offense was in the first half. So they, you know, they were not on the field too long. I mean, they they held the ball for just about two and a half minutes there, and, and before they're putting the ball off to uh, to uh, Carolina, Chris Jones, to his credit. Had a pretty decent game punting this ball. It felt oh, yeah. like uh, they had some returns against. He had him. a lot of opportunities. Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he he was able to get some good punt offs, which I thought too. So Carolina gets the ball. Their first drive. It, it looked like they were going to get an opportunity. Dallas is going to get an off- opportunity to get them off the field early, um, you know, because of uh, some big plays by Demarcus Lawrence. But unfortunately, uh, they get a roughing the passer penalty on Demarcus Lawrence. He kind of stumbles as he's diving for. Uh, Cam, he gets him kind of around the leg area, so they call uh, that penalty on him. Uh, and then kind of a weak call, it, just a kind of a, kind of a soft call in my opinion. You know, go ahead. I mean, if you remember, like early in the season, they were kind of just calling everything. You know, like absolutely like, uh, against the penalty, against the quarterbacks. I mean, it wasn't just us; they were calling roughing the passer penalties on everything it, early on it, in the season. It was a point of emphasis for the league. Absolutely. I mean, if you came close to the quarterback anywhere below his waist, you're getting a penalty, no matter what. And then, so interestingly enough, I mean, this you know uh, maybe it was a weak call because the very next uh, play uh, they called uh, Mouton for offensive holding. So maybe it's a you know a, a makeup call there. I, I mean, sure, but it felt like the, the difference in the game is that uh, when they got into first and twenty, uh, they were they were able to convert it. You know, they 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 got the ball. Cam was able to run the ball for 16 yards on second and 17, and they were able to convert a third and one. Both of those things were things that I don't know that the Cowboys' offense were able to do at this point. Uh, just for some context about Carolina's offensive line, they were having a lot of problems with their group heading into that game. Taylor Moten, it was a, I think he was a guard that they move over to left tackle. Their left tackle got hurt in camp. Uh, their right tackle, Darrell Williams, got hurt. He didn't not he didn't play. Their center was out. Uh, so Carolina was dealing with a lot of injuries on their offensive line as well. Just some important context I wanted to add in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I I think you know having. Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton was really a large part of the difference in this game, especially early on. His ability to run the ball, uh, you know, was it made for a lot, 
simpler conversions or, or at least more of them at the very least. Um, you know, him basically being able to convert that whole, uh, that, that down, that whole series of down while de- being down first and 20 by himself essentially, uh, was, is, is a nice benefit to have with, with your quarterback. Uh, eventually the Cowboys are able to get them to, uh, uh, to, to fumble the ball on the five yard line as they're making their way in, into the the, uh, the end zone, they were able to get after that. They were also able to get another chunk a uh, chunk run from uh, Cam Newton on the, uh, for 29 yards, which brought them down to the 13. A uh, couple of runs later, um, then Daniel the Boss Ross gets a forced fumble on nice. Christian McCaffrey uh, and recovered by uh, Demarcus Lawrence, which is a nice little. Uh, uh, my bad for uh, you know continuing this drive in the first place with the penalty. Uh, you know it's interesting because as much as we talk about how that was an early harbinger for the offense with the way that that drive went, this felt like it was not unlike a harbinger for the defense. You know the the ability oh, to absolutely. stiffen up uh, and and turn it around on the goal line and and, and deny the ball. I think that's something that. Uh, is something that was worth pointing out as well as for what this defense ended up looking like the rest of the season. We're going to get to some of these games coming up, like the Houston game where the Cowboys defense steps up, uh, you know, in the red zone and uh, t- takes the ball away. And uh, that's, you know, that was absolutely it. it. You know, their interior defensive line, especially Antoine Woods uh, and Daniel Ross, just seemed like those two guys made plays when the Cowboys needed them the most. So, uh, so going into the second drive, the Cowboys have the ball at their what, own ten yard line. Should have been probably a touchdown. Yet we're at a zero zero game uh, halfway through the first quarter. Yeah, and, and it's it's halfway through the first quarter. We've each had one drive, uh, and and the Cowboys get the ball back uh, with it. You know, we, again, this is a, this was a good thing. They they turned the ball over. Uh, uh, they they. Uh, you know, it, it it's 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 good that they got the ball back before Carolina scores. But the other side of that is that they are now first and ten on their own ten yard line. And, and again, this is kind of a theme. Dallas does not, you know, may have any opportunity with good field position for most of the first half. Uh, they are able to kind of get something going. They're able to get their first uh, first down, uh, which with, with what looked like an RPO uh, and a backside slant to. Uh, to Beasley for about 10 yards. Yep. Um, and then uh, they are, you know, they're just generally still not in sync. I mean, they, they just can't seem to continue drives. Again, another uh, uh, penalty on Tyrod Smith, this time for holding, um, you know, on uh, uh, second and seven uh uh, attempt at, for Ezekiel Elliott. It sets them back to second and seventeen, and they are unable to convert on a third and tw- uh, a third and twelve. They get eight yards when they need twelve. Uh, you know, they, they just they come up short on third, second and third down to try to make up the yardage. Again, this is a theme that they, they, I think they converted. I don't think they get their first four, third down conversion until the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, and that's just terrible. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, no, it's awful. They they were able to get some, and I think this is kind of you know we saw some drives that were a little bit, you know, that weren't three and outs, and those were maintained by their ability to uh, convert some of these on first and second downs. So, uh, right, and that's really a theme, you know, just them trying to get through all five of their scoring chances, scoring really chances for scoring drives uh, in the first half ended in punts. And that's well. The one thing I want to add. Terrible. Oh, go ahead. That's just terrible. I was just saying. Uh, 
uh, one of the things I want to add is going into this game, everybody was wondering who Prescott's go-to receiver was going to be. Uh, obviously, there was no uh, Des Bryant. People were wondering, was it going to be Alan Hearns or Terrence Williams, Tavon Austin? It turned out to be Cole Beasley. Whenever the Cowboys needed a big play in this game or they needed a conversion, they went to Cole Beasley. Uh, didn't do a ton in the first half, but didn't make his presence known. Again, you mentioned on second down and 10, kind of 11-yard pass. Kind of got them out of their own shadow of the end zone. Uh, Beasley was the go-to guy in this game. Yeah, and 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 it, even at times it wasn't completely working for him too. So I mean, it just felt no. like it it was just not happening this, <laughs> at all this game. Um, <clears throat> Carolina gets set back up, um, uh, a great field position on the, for their first touchdown drive uh, when Jones punts the ball from his own end zone line. Carolina gets it on their own 35, and then with a nice return, uh, is able to return it back to Dallas's 35. <clears throat> and basically, uh, they are able to uh, take the good field position um, and, and just kind of run it down uh, Dallas's throats with a combination of McCaffrey uh, and then Cam Newton eventually. Um, but it's really, it started out, you know, five, three, and then Cam's able to complete a pass to, to Darius for a conversion. And again, these are the things that the Dallas is not doing. The Dallas is not able to do. They're not able to convert the third and fives and threes. And, and not that they're even getting those opportunities. You know, it's like, uh, so, so even when Cam gets an incompletion on first down, you know, McCaffrey turns around and gets 13 yards and run up the middle, and then another five-yard chunk, and then suddenly mm. they're in the red zone, and then now Cam Newton uh, scores on a four-yard touchdown uh, run from shotgun, and it becomes a situation where it just it just looked like Dallas, uh, you know, was guessing on zone reads, like they looked undisciplined at times. They they clearly were, you know, on some of these inside runs, they were trapping uh, uh, Crawford inside and then just running right past him. You know, it's just, it's things like that that just really, uh, they, they found what was going to work on this uh, and they just worked it. And they just worked it until it went all the way into the end zone. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, one of the notes that I wrote down was that the Cowboys, they had a weird linebacker rotation in this game. It was like they were trying to get everybody to play a little bit uh, because they started this drive off with Joe Thomas and Sean Lee on the field. Jalen was off. Leighton Vander Esch was off. Uh, we saw later in the game Justin Marshall Lillard played some snaps. Leighton Vander Esch played some snaps. So they they just didn't have a feel as to what they wanted to do with that linebacker spot at all. And it really cost them because, you know, Sean Lee, and we can talk about this later, uh, but Sean Lee did not have a very good game in this one. And he was a big reason why the Cowboys struggled so much on some of those zo- those zone read runs with Cam. Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about harbingers, I mean, I guess that could definitely be one as well. I mean, uh, yeah. unfortunately, this game was, even though he was healthy here, I think this game is was uh, a lot of what, you know, what we expected from these guys. Uh, or what, a right. lot, not a lot of what we expected, from, but a lot of what we ended up seeing for them for the rest of the season. So, um, 
Uh, after that, Dallas uh, once again forced uh, into a th- uh, avoids a third down, a third down situation. But uh, oh wait, I'm sorry, I lost track of where I was. No, no, this is actually uh, where the day they go three and out, basically off of a, a second, you know, mostly because of a second uh, second down sack on on Prescott from Kawan Short. Yep. Um, I can't seem to, uh, you know, get anything done on third down. Again, another third and long, third and 11 uh, passing completion, and and they're punting the ball again. Um, And, and, you know, the score is at 7 nothing. Dallas has done nothing on offense. It's, it's, you know, you feel like the defense has played well at times. I mean, they they are able to take this next drive um, and, and, you know, do something with the defense finally kind of getting a a a, a three and out um, and, and it's forcing the hand a little bit it, it feels like as the game went on the Dallas defense started to get better um but but they it did but the Dallas offense kind of stayed uh uh just really without teeth just unable to threaten on any level the run game wasn't working um you know it wasn't really until they uh, started trying to get into uh, a little bit more of an up-tempo situation um, uh, that things even really uh, started working for them, but that wasn't even until uh, later on in the game. So uh, Dallas kicks the ball away, uh, and then uh, the, the Panthers are able to take the ball the length of the field and kick a, a field goal with 27, uh, 27-yard field goal with seven seconds left. Uh, that put them up ten nothing. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, was it ten nothing or did they they miss? Yep, yeah, because they missed the oh, they missed yeah. the extra point in the second half. That's right. So yeah, basically yeah. going into the half at ten nothing. Talk to me a little bit about some of the things you saw specifically on that last drive where Cam was able to take them down the field with basically I think it was like two minutes and some change left on the, on the clock. Yeah, absolutely. But before we do that, I want to talk about the uh, the. The play, the third down and seven play for the Cowboys before they had to punt. Uh, Dak had Blake Jarwin wide yes, open the Jarwin, down yeah. the, the sideline, and he just kind of bounced the ball to Jarwin. If he catches that ball, Dallas is in field goal range. I know a lot of people were upset with that throw, or because they thought Prescott could have ran for the first down, but that ended up being a pretty monster play. Uh, like you said, the Cowboys punted the ball back to Carolina. Uh, DJ Moore returned at 15 yards, and then they also had an additional uh, 15-yard penalty on Anthony Brown for an unsportsmanlike conduct. So now Carolina, uh, you know, Carolina yes. has the ball yeah, sorry at their that. 38-yard line, uh, yeah, and, and ready to go. Uh, and just just a couple more plays I want to talk about in that drive. There was a second and 17 uh, where Carolina had the ball at oh, I think it was like uh, the 32, 33-yard line yes. of Dallas. And they ran a screen, and if Sean Lee makes the tackle, uh, they're at third and 26 from the 40-yard line, uh, and he just misses. It, it just flat out misses. McCaffrey gains about 16 yards, and then they get you know they get uh, a chance to to make a field goal. And, and, and another play on that drive, Jarius Wright. Uh, they threw a screen to him, uh, and he gained. Oh, I think it was eight yards on first and ten. Should have been a one-yard gain, and he was able to get out of bounds uh, and and stop the clock. So, just just kind of a comedy of errors from the Cowboys' defense in this last drive of the game. Yeah, and and I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I I put that in my notes and completely missed over. But that that penalty on 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 Brown 
really loomed large because it gave them you know the ball suddenly on our side of the field with that time with basically two minutes 44 seconds left and two timeouts left um and and yeah the the darwin miss was it was a big one uh i i think it can again going back into looking at timing and, and just opportunities to play with bullets flying i think that kind of that calculus of can i make this run versus should i throw it are all parts of things that you kind of figure out, you know, when you're in preseason. You're 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 in live bullets, and you get a chance to see all those things at full speed. So, um, <clears throat> some a lot of these things, I, I feel like everybody on some level uh, suffered from not from from limited opportunities in, in the preseason. Uh, and then the only other thing I forgot to mention right. uh, is that. Uh, oh, but go ahead. Do you have anything about that drive before I go to the last drive with Cam? No, it, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say the last drive before the the half, you know, Jalen was able to get a sack. I think it was a zero yard sack when when uh, uh, Cam was trying to scramble up the middle, and then another off offsides penalty on deep, on D Law, which ended up uh, keeping the drive afloat a little bit longer. Um, and, and, you know, there are opportunities in the red zone um, were not. Uh, you know, again, the, the Cowboys were able to stiffen up a little bit uh, because of the time, but I, I think um, it, it still was one of those things where if if Demarcus Lawrence doesn't get that uh, neutral zone infraction, they don't have to they they have to use a timeout. Maybe they can force them into another situation. They were already on the fourteen yard line, but to make give them that many <laughs> to make a thirty two yard a twenty seven yard field goal uh, didn't make it any better. Uh, 60 total yards of offense for the Cowboys in the first half. Yeah. Carolina had 209 yards. Uh, it's amazing that Dallas was still in this game, even heading into halftime, considering just how inept their offense looks. So uh, any quick takeaways from the first half before uh, we wrap this show up? I, I think the fumble, the forced fumble recovery, ended up being the thing that on the scoreboard that made the difference, you know, or at least for the first half, because it was... Uh, you know, it wasn't fourteen. It wasn't seventeen to nothing, as opposed to ten to nothing. But yeah, the fact that the Dallas Cowboys were unable to cross the fifty-yard line on offense, I think to me that's the statement of the whole first half, and really shows you where they were at that point. Uh, Dak Prescott in the first half, six of ten for forty-six yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Zeke Elliott, seven carries, eighteen yards, two point six yards per carry. With the longest run of seven. Oh, uh, a five. Pretty bad. Oh, a five on third downs. Like, that's. Oh, a five on third downs. That's it, incredible. All right. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you guys tune in tomorrow for episode two uh, of this podcast. We're going to be talking about the second half and some of our biggest takeaways from the Cowboys week one game. So make sure you guys come back and listen. Uh, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild. Or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.